welcome back to a true side of crime true siders i am so happy to be back in the studio with you today we're going to talk about the case of adji desar he was a little boy of haitian descent that lived in florida with his family and he literally disappeared so adji was born on october 15th of 2002 to mom Marie, I could not find who his dad was, but he was being raised by his stepfather uh, until a lot for all intents and purposes. That was dad. His dad, I do know, still lived in Haiti, and that will be important later in the story. Adji was described as a good boy by his stepdad. He was a very happy kid. He was developmentally delayed. At the time of his disappearance, he was six, but he had the mental capacity of a two-year-old. He was mostly nonverbal. He did understand Creole and English, but he spoke very few English words. Like he recognized his name, he knew his name, but he mainly communicated with head nods. So he would yes, no, and that was pretty much it other than a few words. Which words I am not sure of, because that's kind of not critical to the story, right? Now, January 10th, 2002, his mom dropped him off at her mom, Jasula's house, before she went to work at her healthcare job. She was a nurse or a CNA, something in that realm. Now, grandma lived in the farm workers village apartment complex. It was government housing at the time and it was about 300 people who lived in this complex. It was a very close knit community made up of people of Haitian and Spanish descent. And that part is kind of important too because it might be part of the reason that we haven't seen a lot of movement on Adji's case. Now, many of these workers actually worked at the local farms in the area. The city of Moki is mainly a swampy farmland area. There's a Native American reservation and a casino there, but not much else other than the farms. Now, when you look on the maps, it's not somewhere that I don't think anybody would, you know, go on vacation. I know you think Florida, warm weather, beaches. This was more inland and it was literally swampy. From what I understand, that's what made it such great farmland for what they were growing. Now, it's located about an hour and 45 minutes north of Miami, 54 minutes southeast of Fort Myers, and it's very close to Naples. Adji spent most of his time that day playing outside with neighborhood kids, which is something that he did at his grandma's house whenever he was there. His grandma would peek out the window at him about every 15 minutes because he and the other kids were playing like in her front yard area. His stepdad was in and out of the house. He was running errands. He also was doing laundry. There was reported that he was at work for part of the time. The problem with this case is that you can get multiple, like you'll get multiple different things reported by multiple people. For some reason, it's not very cohesive. And I don't know if it is because of a language barrier or not. Now, Adji would come in, he would eat dinner, but he immediately went back outside. He was literally in and out the whole day like kids do, you know, when they don't have school. At about five o'clock, his grandma saw him out the window, but that would be the last time she would see him. At 5.15, she would look back outside and he was gone. So Jasula went around to find the kids that he was playing with to see if he was still with them or if they knew where he went. 
at the time that she was talking to the little kid, the stepdad comes back and they search for him. They literally searched the area for two hours before they call the police. So at about seven o'clock, they end up calling the police and the police come out in full force. It's the sheriff's department, the local police, they bring the FBI. It's over a hundred detectives, officers, and agents out looking for this little boy. And most cases, we don't see this. We see, you know, a few of them or not so much recently, but back in the day, you know, you would see, oh, you need to give it 72 hours or 48 hours or they probably ran away or whatever. Also, it's the likelihood of Aggie running away would be slim to none. He's a six-year-old and yeah, six-year-olds are like, oh, I want to run away from home. You're being mean, whatever. But he had the mental capacity of a two-year-old. So that'd be like a two-year-old trying to run away. That doesn't happen. Like they might wander off, but they're not trying to run away. So they start like searching the area. They are searching places that a little kid can hide. They even look in like trash cans and cars. They search houses. The family tells the police that Aggie is scared of strangers. Like strangers will make him go hide. He's very uncomfortable with them. So they have his grandma talk on a loudspeaker, asking him to come out, tell him that it's safe. This doesn't work though. They thought it would help him not be scared and come from out from hiding if he was hiding. So this goes on for five hours. I'm not sure if his grandma was on a loudspeaker for five hours, but they searched for him for five hours until his mom gets home at about midnight. Here's my question. Nobody thought it was appropriate to call mom. Like police didn't, even if she didn't have a phone, like nobody went to her job. Nobody told the mom that the, her son was missing. He had been missing for seven hours at this point. And she comes home seeing her family upset. And that's when she's told that her son was missing for the last seven hours. That's almost a whole work shift. I would be livid if that happened. So last I don't, I just don't understand that. Now, every day from this point, the police would like extend their search area. So they started very close, you know, just in the apartment complex from there. They move further and further and further out. They use ATVs, boats, helicopters. They're looking in the swamps. They're looking in the forest around the neighborhood because outside of the apartment complex, there's swamp area and there's a really dense wooded area. One of the officers actually said that it's really, really hard to search even with a helicopter through the wooded area because it's so thick, which is probably why they took out the ATV but they came full force. They were trying to find this little boy and still nothing worked. They still could not find him. They couldn't find a trace of him, not a shoe, not a coat, not a footprint, nothing. It was like literally he was plucked off the earth, just disappeared. So while they're doing all this searching, they're questioning the little kids that Edgy was playing with, but they're also looking into what I believe is their one main suspect. They've never said anybody else they were looking into anybody else other than the person that I'm about to mention, not even his family that lived in the United States. And this is his dad. As I said, he lived in Hades. They had the FBI stake out his house to make sure that maybe he didn't want Aggie. So he, him or somebody else kidnapped him and took him back to Haiti. After sitting out at his house, staking it out, they did not see any sign of him. And they ultimately figured that his dad had nothing to do with his disappearance at all. Back to the kids that he was playing with. We got a couple different stories from the little kids and they're little kids. So 
how observant are little kids playing anyway? It really depends on their age. Were these like 11, 12 year olds or were these like other six year olds? Because other six year olds are not going to be observant at all. 11, 12 year old, they're going to pay a little bit more attention. Now, a couple girls said that they saw him walking towards a bridge that was over a canal, which I feel like is super dangerous. That's what they saw that is super dangerous because he potentially could have fallen off the bridge, fallen into the canal. Some other kids said that they saw that Adji became angry when he was unable to ride the kid's bike or scooter. I saw it reported a couple different ways and that he said he was going home. He obviously couldn't have said he was going home. He was pretty nonverbal and I can almost guarantee I'm going home or not the few words that he knew. That would be extremely strange that he knew that one sentence. I saw it reported somewhere that there was a lady who posted on Reddit that said that she was a little kid. She was like eight years old outside this day when Aggie went missing and she saw him leaving to walk home after he got angry about the bike and her and her friend walked him home, but he must've came back out. So my question is, did the bike thing happen? And then later the other two little girls saw him going to the canal. Could these be two different instances where like, it's not a confusion amongst the kids, but it happened at two different times. I could not find this thread on Reddit at all. I searched through a bunch of threads. I couldn't find it. Um, if you can find it, let me know. So I could, I, cause I would love to actually be able to read this. Now, my only issue with the, him walking home is I found it reported at least initially that he was in his grandma's front yard playing. That's where the kids were. But then you also find some reports like on Nancy Grace, they say that he was playing in a cul-de-sac. Now, was the cul-de-sac, like, was his grandma's house at our apartment at the end of the cul-de-sac? This is what I'm talking about. You get confirmation because if he's in his grandma's front yard, there's no need for him to walk home. He's at home. If his grandma's apartment is right on the cul-de-sac, he really doesn't need to walk home either. So did they wander further away? Is that why grandma didn't see him initially? I don't know because the only witnesses you have are small children. So... The fact that the police could not find any, anything that showed Adji was in the area, they started to shift their theory from believing he had just wandered off to potentially he was abducted. Now, I know I said that they thought maybe his dad abducted him, but that was just like an isolated incident. Like maybe he specifically came and got him. They're now thinking that maybe a stranger abducted him if he was walking on a bridge that was over a canal, did somebody see him and just scoop him up in their car? Because these apartments are really close to like a state road highway. It runs literally right behind it. So it wouldn't be out of the, you know, the realm of possibility for somebody to go see a little kid and pick them up. How many times have we seen that somebody gets off a highway, picks, kidnaps a kid that was like living right off the highway and jump back on the highway? Multiple times this has happened. This one time that I'm thinking of is not necessarily a highway, but a local case where I am, a little girl named April Tinsley back in the late eighties was kidnapped and the man, and she was ultimately murdered. And the man who kidnapped her said that he was driving around looking for a kid to kidnap, saw her parked on the street in front of her and put her in the car and drove away. Nobody saw 
a thing. So it was not out the realm of possibility that that is what happened. And because they were so close to the highway, this person was able to jump on the highway. That also reminds me a lot of the Johnny Gosh case where there were witnesses and the witnesses said that the car drove towards the highway after they kidnapped the little boy. So this is something I feel like is extremely possible and we can't just, you know, throw it away as a theory. Now, other people believe that this theory isn't very likely just because there was only one entrance in and out, like for a vehicle to the apartment. But I don't think, like I said, it's, I haven't seen anywhere where they had any adult witnesses. So a kid seeing a car drive, they don't necessarily know that it's a weird car. Unless you're teaching your kids to be aware of these things, that's not something that a kid is just innately aware of, right? I mean, it is just as likely though that he just wandered off. He just went, saw something and walked towards it or just started roaming or was looking for an adventure. He was a little boy. So him roaming away and either falling in the creek or being attacked by an alligator or another animal out in wildlife out there that live around the swamps. That's not out of, you know, that's also a very, very huge possibility. And that's the frustrating thing with this case because those two things are equally possible, but there's literally no evidence, none. He just disappeared. Now, as I mentioned, Adji's case was featured on Nancy Gray. Um, It was also on America's Most Wanted. And I saw a cover of People Magazine where it was him and five other missing children at the end of in like November of 2009 there was a cover of people I hadn't heard of this case at all even being super into true crime before I stumbled up on it and I only saw like one youtuber and one other podcast that even mentioned Adji's case so I don't know if it is even with that national attention it didn't actually get a lot of attention or people don't remember this case because it's not, I can't find where it's been covered. Some people argue that his case was overshadowed by the Kaylee Anthony case and the disappearance of Haley Cummins. Now the Kaylee Anthony case, I a thousand percent believe it. It was in Florida and that was a huge case then case, like everything going on with her mom and then finding her body. And it was just, it was super intense and interested and people were enamored by the whole entire thing. So I thousand percent understand. Yes, that is a valid point. It was all shadowed by that. The Haley Cummins case. I don't know if it was all shadowed by it then, but I do know now there's, there are multiple places where you can find videos and podcasts about her case. And I don't know if it's because after her disappearance, you know, her parent, her dad and her dad's girlfriend were accused of murdering her. And like his cousin said that he saw him put her body into a body of water. I don't know if that's what has caused people to look into the case now, but why his case seemed to not continue to get the same attention. I'll leave that up to you to make your own opinion about. With all this national attention, there were like 2,400 tips as of 2011 that called in, but none of them brought the police any closer to finding him. And there was a total of about $30,000 offered by different people and entities as an, as a reward, uh, crime stoppers and, you know, generally local people will pull together money. So ultimately it was a total of $30,000 offered between the different outlets. 
his mom and his stepdad went on to have a little girl that they would name Adjiani after her big brother. And she says that she carries Adji with her and holds on to the hope that her son will be found. She will never stop looking. I can't even imagine the pain and honestly don't want to try to. I don't know what I would do if one of my kids just was gone missing. This sweet young boy simply wander off as small kids do. Became scared when all the searchers arrived because that would be an overload of strangers. Even with his grandma's voice, did that scare him? Did he fall into a creek or was he attacked by an animal? Or was there something more sinister that happened to little Adji? For the family's sake, I hope eventually that they learn the truth about what happened because it's been a long time, almost 12 years. Actually, it's been more than 12 years. He would turn 18 this December. At the time of his disappearance, Adji stood three foot tall. He weighed in at 45 pounds. He was wearing a blue shirt with yellow stripes and blue shorts with pink flamingos down the side. There is an age progression photo that was created um, I saw it on the Charlie Project to show what he would look like at age 15. I'll post it on our Instagram. If you have any information about Adji's case, please call the Coyer County Sheriff's Department at 239-739-9300. That is such a sad case, guys. And like I said, I really, really hope that his family is able to get some kind of closure and know what happened to him. Our next full case is going to be on another missing child, the case that I was looking into when I found Adji's case. And when I found his case, I just really felt like I needed to cover it. So I pushed that case back to our next one. Don't forget to subscribe, share our podcast with all your friends. We are growing so much and I am so thankful for you guys. Don't forget to rate us and review us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Also, if you feel so inclined to, we are on Buy Me A Coffee and Patreon. I am still editing our Black Dia Patreon episode. It is different editing, but I promise it will probably be out by next weekend, which would be the first weekend of April. I am super excited to get that out to you guys. We had uh, so much fun making that. So. If you're interested in hearing the American Horror Story versus True Crime, The Black Dahlia, make sure that you join our Patreon. All of that information will be in the show notes along with the Charlie Project and the Nameless for Adji's case that will have his Mrs. Persons photos and everything there. Thank you so much, True Siders, for sticking with me again for another episode. Stay the amazing people that you are. And as always, stay safe and please don't get murdered.